welcome to season three of Gill Athletics Connection Podcast. If this is your first time here, we're so excited you hit the play button today. If you like what you hear, check out our library of hundreds of past guests that is sure to give you value. For everyone else, we're so happy you've come back. Quick favor, if you haven't already, consider taking a minute to rate and review the podcast. This simple act helps amplify these amazing stories, and we just love to hear your feedback. Heck, we may even read it out loud in a future episode. Okay, that's enough of an intro, right? Let's get to it. See what today's guest has in store for us. All right, we are back here on the Gill Athletics Connections podcast. Super excited to bring you, this is episode 152. This is quite amazing. Uh, track world, that'd be a pretty decent 800 meter time, right? Yeah. Uh, little known secret, that's actually my 400 meter PR time, so mm-hmm. no judgment uh, on here. But help me welcome today to the program, the head coach of Lee University in beautiful Tennessee, the wise, the wonderful Mr. Caleb Morgan. Caleb, how are you, sir? Doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Dude, I'm excited for this. Um, I'm not sure, you, you know, you got a hot hand right now with a certain athlete I'm sure we'll bring up at some point, but uh, <laughs> you're doing amazing things there at Lee University. Um, I, I was been, I've been trying to get you on the podcast for a while. You've been on my list because of uh, really not knowing a lot about Lee University, to be real frank with you. Um, and then starting to dig in and seeing like, holy crap, you guys like this is a powerhouse. You guys are doing an amazing job there. So I'm just super excited to learn your story and uh, how you got to Lee University and you know just some of the things that you're doing there at the at that great university. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, Caleb, we like to start kind of um, actually. You you tell us where we start. Where does you know track and field start for you? Were you a high school athlete, a club athlete? Did you not even do track and field? Yeah, so I actually started in middle school. I did cross country uh, in the sixth grade to get ready for middle school basketball. Um, I didn't want to run, but my mom made me because she thought it would help me uh, do better with the the basketball coaches and cross country coaches for the same people. And so they encouraged people that were going to play basketball that year to to run cross country. Uh, so I did that. Uh, didn't want to do it. You know, felt like my, my mom just really was pushing for it. Ended up not making the middle school basketball team. So, um, but I was a pretty good runner. So I went into track that year. Uh, my mom, she was a really good sprinter. Uh, and just because I ran cross country in the fall, then whenever we broke off into groups for the spring, I just migrated with the distance runners because that was the group that I was with from the fall. Um, yeah, did, so just kind you, of, uh, did you, secretly, did you secretly want to go to the sprints and hurdles though, because of mom, or was it just sure I cross country, I'll go do the distance stuff. I, I, that's just where my friends gravitated to was the distance. So I just, I went with them and, um, my mom was upset. She was trying to get me back over with the sprinters for a couple of weeks. So I was kind of more of a four, eight runner starting off, uh, and then slowly kept moving up through, uh, the distances as I went. So, yeah. And where, where is this? Where did you grow up? Actually, so it's funny. Um, so I, I went to Lee. Uh, I went to high school locally in Cleveland, where Lee is at. Yeah. And middle school was actually right across the street from Lee. So, um, yeah, I kind of been within uh, three square miles my whole life as far as school goes. And, um, yeah, everything's kind of right here together. And my whole family lives here and my wife's whole family lives here. So kind of a oh, rare situation um, with with everyone being here and then happening to go to Lee uh, and then them starting a track and field program. And then, uh, you know, then them wanting to hire a full-time head coach for the first time. And, and that ended up being me, but kind of a, a small circle, uh, just kind of all right here in the same general vicinity in, in, in town. So well, let's unpack that. Talk to us about high school and competing. You said you were a distance guy. Does that mean you were more of a two miler or more of a half miler? And how did high school play out for you? 
Yeah, so I was a mile 800 runner. I was all state in Tennessee um, a couple times uh, in the in the mile. Uh, and then I went to Bryan College, actually, uh, my freshman year of college, just my first semester. Uh, really good coach there, Rodney Stoker. He went on to uh, coach at University of Tennessee. Uh, he was the distance coach there for a couple of years. Uh, and he had a really big impact on me, uh, even though I was with, just with him for a, a semester there at Bryan. But just coaching-wise, um, and just uh, training philosophy wise. Uh, and then I ended up transferring to Lee my uh, second semester of my freshman year. Um, and a really small team at the time, you know, we only had distance running, no track athletes. Uh, and then while I was at Lee my sophomore year, we decided to add uh, track and field um, as something for the distance runners to do during the spring. Uh, and then I was actually the first uh, male athlete to qualify for NAI national championships for track uh, while here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just kind of went along from there. And, um, and then after that, I, uh, taught elementary PE for a year, uh, two years actually. So the first year I was, um, I just taught elementary PE, but then the second year I was actually volunteer assistant coach in the fall. And then in the spring, the, uh, head coach decided to retire. So then I was made the head coach, interim head coach for the spring semester, um, balancing that with the full-time elementary job um obviously not very ideal situation uh but still same type thing just distance runners only and then we kind of expanded on out from that i was made you know full-time head coach in the fall of uh 2013 and um yeah i've just been expanding and growing since then had 17 athletes starting out and now we have 60 athletes total um and then i was the only coach for two years and now we have you know three full-time coaches so uh yeah it's just been a been a process and and building and expanding and growing every single year so well let's keep unpacking that and unpacking you as a athlete and coach back in high school uh as you were focused on a distance and you went to brian but back in high school what were like what, what kind of athlete were you and what i mean by that is not not your times and things like that i'm not yeah. really caring about that but you know we, we like to as coaches sometimes talk about you know these young kids they don't know who galen rupp is and you know all these kind of stuff were you a, a track guy like were you researching like who the top distance guys were and things like that or were you just like yeah i'm just here to to run and have fun and be with my friends yeah, so I was really into it. So a uh, big Alan Webb fan, Dathan Ritzentine, Ryan Hall, they were all a couple of years ahead of me. Um, and so that that was cool just to kind of follow their careers through their high school and then their college careers. Uh, but really into it, discovered Letrun.com when I was in high school. I'm sorry. I'm there all the time. Yeah, and then Flow Track actually came out, um, I, I guess, like my junior, senior year of high school. Uh, which was really neat just to be able to watch videos and right. um, very intrigued by the running world. Uh, that's where I feel like a lot of my coaching knowledge kind of stem from is just because at night, you know, uh, hanging out at home, I would just get on the computer for a couple hours and get on message board threads and read different training philosophies. And I read uh, Arthur Lydiard's book when I was younger. Um, I actually have one of his really cool books. Um, you know, I think it goes on eBay for like 500 or 600 bucks now it's it's one of the original copies um but yeah just really into running really into reading uh different books and uh always wanted to expand and grow that knowledge and and even from the time when I was I guess junior senior in high school I always knew that I wanted to coach uh so um yeah and then all through college it's actually funny in my uh in our yearbook it says you know what do you want to be when you grow up and I said a college coach and it's in in the yearbook which is really funny um, but yeah, something I always wanted to do, I always enjoyed, uh, seeing development in people and I always felt like I, I had a good knowledge, um, 
of running and how to train athletes, even from, you know, as when I was an athlete in high school and when I was in college, um, which would kind of get in the way, honestly, you know, if you have those athletes that are opinionated and they, they think they know more than the coach, it's not helpful. But, um, but for me, that was just the way I was and uh, always had ideas, I guess. And uh, I don't think it was beneficial for me as an athlete, but obviously I feel like now it's beneficial for me as a coach. So what year did you graduate high school? I graduated high school in 2006. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. We have a lot of coaches on here who are, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. Mm-hmm. We grew up in the 90s or 80s and 70s. We didn't, all, all those things you just mentioned, you know, whether it's flow track and videos and things like that. Yeah. Like most of us grew up and it's like, yeah, you know, we waited every month to get track and field news. That was a yeah. big deal. You know, um, yeah. we'd, we'd send away for these VHS tapes from USATF from TAC back in the day that would have all of the hundred meter races from the last U S championships from a bunch of different angles. And we would just rewind and rewatch. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a whole different day. You grew up in the, like, that's what I love about today's era about coaching is, you know, there, there are no excuses. Your only excuse is your time. And, and there's a lot of empathy for time because you got families and you're teaching a lot and things like that. Yeah, but there are coaching education classes all around, especially now, you know, pre uh, post code, whatever you want to say we are now there's always you know an online uh, coaching education program, there's books, there's videos. And the best thing, in my opinion, call we you can call i can call you right now and be like hey man yeah. take, take me through some mile train i'm having trouble with my miler and have a lot of that dialogue so i love yeah. that you grew up in that you, you mentioned you kind of knew you wanted to be a coach i love that it's i love that you have it uh time stamped in your yearbook by the way that's uh <laughs> that, that, that's uh that's called uh having the receipts right there I yeah, love that. yeah that's it <laughs> what was it what was your earliest memory of like i want to be a coach was it your parents were they you know you said mom was a sprinter were, were they yeah. coaches was it the impact of your high school coaches what what was it that came from an early stage for you yeah so I would say probably the impact of my high school coaches more than anything just because I was always close with them so uh I had Jason Parks when I was in middle school uh and then Gary Barrett he was my other high school coach but they were both distance coaches uh and you know I went from high school with one to the other with Jason Parks from middle school to high school um I just always felt like I had a close relationship with my high school coaches um and that and that made it a lot of fun Jason Parks is actually a really good example uh he just made running you know he would push you as much as you wanted to be pushed uh so I think as um a coach now you know, I, I try to leave that leeway for my athletes, obviously, we're in the collegiate world, and there's a certain amount that you want to get out of your athletes. But if someone definitely, you know, if they're asking, is there anything else I can do to kind of take my ranks to the next level? You know, I, I always use him as a good example, because he would push you as much as you wanted to be pushed. And if you wanted to be really good athlete, and you wanted to do well, then he would make sure he went out of his way, you know, whether it was on the weekends to take you somewhere fun to do a long run, or just encouraging you and, uh, you know, always just instilling that that motivation inner drive in you and, and just helping you be more confident and kind of telling you what he thought that you could do or how you could perform. Um, and then uh, Gary Barrett, he was an, he was another one, you know, he's the same type idea, but they were two different coaches, um, but they were both of my high school coaches. Uh, they had two different very different outlooks on how to train an athlete, but they were both very beneficial for me uh, in the in the way that they approached um, each one of our athletes. And it was good for me to see um, even just from those two high school coaches, you know, how much of an impact that coaches can have in your lives 
just moving forward and uh, and just the little things, just the way they they interacted with their families um, and just seeing that um, is really, really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Great examples of the positive impact of coaches. Yeah, I, I love that in this little town of yours that they are making an impact and, and look what their impact has specifically for you. I mean, that's yeah, that's quite an amazing uh, story from them. And I, I love yeah. that, that, that they did that and were able to instill that that love as you were, you know, getting on your let's run message board and flow track and getting your uh, author Lydiard books and things like that. As you're kind of developing your like, okay, I want to be a coach. I need to learn what other people are doing. How did that translate to those coaches there in high school? Like, did you ever let them know, Hey, I, I want to be a coach one day. And so you guys would have like maybe discussion discussions or were you that, that headbutt athlete where it's like, Hey, yeah, we yeah. shouldn't be doing repeat quarters today, coach. We should be doing a 20 mile <laughs> long run. I'm not a distance guy. So maybe you don't yeah, really yeah. work out. I don't know. <laughs> no. Try, so I trusted my coaches. The the one thing that they did let me do my senior year, just because I was getting a little more opinionated was they let me kind of control how many miles a week I did. Uh, and then, you know, my long run, but other than that, like workouts, I trusted them to, you know, make sure that we were doing the right things in order to prep me correctly for our upcoming meets. But mileage, they let me have a little bit more uh, leeway um, and just making sure, you know, I was doing what I felt like I was confident in and would help make me better. Um, but I feel like it was a good balance uh, between, um, you know, obviously my my opinions as an athlete. Uh, and, you know, at the time I knew very little. Um, I thought I knew something, but I actually didn't know very much at all. Uh, and they knew way more than I did, but, I, but they did a good job balancing it and uh, helping me, uh, you know, get in a situation where I could do what I had read that would help me feel confident whenever I stepped on the line, but then at the same time also, uh, you know, keeping up with their program and doing what was was best for the team overall. You, you sound like you had a lot of input on that, the workout and mileage and long run. Um, you know, sometimes I see athletes who are, you know, they want to coach themselves and, um, I don't know that that, very, that rarely works in my opinion because coaching matters, right? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. there ever something that you tried to implement or tried to work still in the high school level here that, um, you know, you read in a book or you maybe just had an idea of like, you know, I think maybe I should try this that just didn't work out? Uh, yeah, um, I can actually think of it a good example. Um, just with reading about Arthur Lydian, obviously being more volume based uh, and doing longer runs. Uh, at a faster pace, because uh, obviously, you know, the whole principle of that is starting off slower, but then kind of building and, and accelerating the pace. R remember, you know. it's not obvious, though. 99% <laughs> of us listening right now are like, yeah, I've heard his name, but I don't know. <laughs> philosophy, yeah, yeah. So um, I actually remember doing a long run uh, and feeling like I was ready to run like a long, faster run. But I think it ended up more having more of a half marathon race uh, efforts toll on my body, um, and just overtraining, uh, and kind of being, uh, the legs feeling really fatigued for a couple of weeks. Um, so, but sometimes the best teacher is to have that experience yourself. Um, and just knowing that you can't overrun long runs and just because you feel good and can do it that one, uh, time. And, and in that instance, doesn't mean that it's going to be the best thing for you moving forward. So <laughs> that's a great point. I, I tell people, you know, uh, when we're here at Gill and we get new teammates and stuff, it's like, man, I can teach you X and Y and Z but I can't teach you experience. I was like, you're just yeah. going to have to go out and do some things and, and fail uh, yeah, and, yeah. and and that'll be what helps you, you know, move along in your careers. So that's exactly right with athletes and as coaches, right? Sometimes we do things like, Hey, I'm going to try to bump our long run to 20. And it's like, yeah. Oh man, they just died the next week. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you said you went to Brian out of high school. Mm -hmm. uh, did you pick that school and in what did you end up majoring in because of coaching how did that affect your decision going to school there 
Yeah. So at the time, and Brian was top 10 NAI cross country every year. Um, and then Rodney Stoker, he is just a phenomenal recruiter. Yeah. He was the coach there, uh, you know, very charming guy, um, you know, and, and that was the main thing is, is just him. He was the reason why I wanted to go there. Uh, yeah, but I went there for one semester. I, I enjoyed my time there. And um, yeah, I just ended up wanting to be a little bit closer to home. So then ended up coming to to Lee, uh, that second semester of my freshman year, but, but yeah, that was kind of the main reason for choosing that is just coach Stoker. And yeah, he's, he's still somebody I have a relationship with and someone when I first started coaching that, you know, I, I would call frequently and, uh, I got coffee with him a couple of times when I first started coaching, just had a lot of questions and, and he was the kind of the guy I went to, to, to ask those questions to, since he'd been in the collegiate world and coached for yeah. such a long time. Well, you know, shout out to Rodney and I've you know, met him several times, but you know, he easily could have gone petty on you and be like, look, man, you left me. Yeah. Uh, go call someone else, you know? I, yeah, I yeah, that. no, go, for sure, for guy. sure. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's got a really good character, and, and he yeah. he's the type of guy that, yeah, for sure, he could have done that and said, hey, you transferred out of here. I'm not, I don't want to help you, but he, yeah, you're he on your own, buddy. At all. <laughs> yeah, uh, always very eager to help and a really good guy, for sure. How far is Brian from Cleveland, from home? Uh, it's just about 45 minutes, yeah. So, so hold on. So I thought it was pretty yeah. close. You said you wanted yeah. to get closer to home. So yeah, yeah. 45 minutes was too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. Okay. Um, so my my wife now, it's okay to say my wife, because, but at the time, she was my girlfriend, she was going to leave the next year, she was a year behind me in high school, we started dating in high school, and then she was going to come to leave the next year. And so I was like, well, you know what, it's it, this is kind of difficult, even though it was just 45 minutes away. Uh, but just with the way the classes are structured and practice sure. and stuff, uh, didn't get to see her quite as much as I wanted to. Um, and so then she was going to leave the next year. So then I ended up, you know, wanting to tag along with her uh, and be there. And so then, yeah, it ended up working out well for me. But, you know, at the time, it sounded silly to, to transfer schools for a girl. But I did I end up marrying her, though. So. I was going to say, how many times have you counseled kids and be like, look, man, don't do things because of a yeah. boyfriend or a girlfriend? Yeah, uh, yeah. I love that the happy ending is we got married. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's really good. Yeah. yeah did yeah. Brian have track and field when you went to school there? Yes, but it was this kind of the same format that Lee was in when I first started here, just distance runners only. Okay. Um, now they've kind of expanded out and, and they right. have some sprint field event athletes, but at the time it was just distant running. Yeah. So you didn't go there thinking, okay, I'm going to run track, you know, track, track in the spring. Yeah. But then you go to Lee and they don't have track, track at this point. So yeah, it wasn't, yeah. like, it wasn't like you were giving that up when you transferred back exactly. to Lee. Yeah. And, and what were you majoring in? Uh, what did you end up getting your degree in at Lee? Uh, physical education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you wanted to be a coach and you yeah. thought that was the, the realm, right? Yep. Yep. That is correct. Did you have an, an inkling of what level of coaching you wanted to do? Meaning high school, college? Uh, not really. I just knew I wanted to coach. I guess um, being a college coach was something that I thought about, um, you know, as, especially going through college, even like my junior and senior year, I was trying to get something lined up and uh, and I felt like I did have a position lined up at one point. It was at, actually at Bruton Parker College, um, mm -hmm. but it ended up falling through and they ended up not making the position full time. Uh, and I applied for a lot of jobs, you know, coming out of college. Uh, but then obviously, if you don't have any type of experience, then it's hard. And so then the second year that I was teaching elementary PE, I, I decided to volunteer at Lee uh, just because I knew that was the only way that I was going to get any type of experience at all. And um, and ended up just working out for me. And I had uh, the coach, you know, that was here before me ended up retiring after a semester. And then I was the guy that they were like, hey, we'll just make him interim coach and see how it goes. And, and it ended up going really well. So <laughs> sometimes it's good just to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> exactly. And I was for sure. So, <laughs> so how did your uh, athletic career go at Lee University? And you were so you're distance and primarily focused on cross. Did you do my favorite distance event is the steeple. Did you steeple yeah, at all yeah. or? 
I did. I steepled one time and uh, it wasn't for me. So yeah, it was really easy through 2K. And in that last kilometer, it got, uh, it got very tough. And um, I was like, man, I got this. I'm thinking I'm going to be a good steepler. And then, you know, right after, right after that two kilometer mark, it started hitting me and those barriers got a lot tougher. And I remember jumping off the the water jump and just going straight down and, you know, on two feet, and <laughs> which is funny because we've had a lot of good steeples now. I don't really right. tell them that I ever steeple though. I don't want them to know. I don't want them to look me up on Tfers and see my times. <laughs> I just, oh, that's right. You live in the world of Tfers. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, so yeah. can go back and look at you. That's right. Yeah, see, yeah. I can still get away with lying and be like, yeah, man, that's like a 150 half miler. Yeah. You will never <laughs> find out, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my uh, friends of ours runs an Instagram account, Memes for Throwers. And uh, he just put out today uh, this video of a steeplechase, you know, the, this, the, I hate to say this, the typical stereotypical steeplechase video, but, you know, the guy just face plants, you know, right after the water barrier. And, uh, and, the, and the guy captured an Instagram and said, and this is how I became a thrower. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so what did you focus on uh, as an athlete in college? Were you more 15 or did you go to the, yeah, yes. the dreaded 10K? No, so I did the 15.8. Um, yeah. And then, um, I did the mile indoor, obviously, um, went to nationals a couple of times in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I never was all American or anything though, but, but mile 800 was kind of my focus. And, um, I had the more of the 800 mentality. So running cross country, running AK always seemed really long to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> I always had a little bit of a difficult time with that. So, so always good enough to be one or two or three on the team at the time. Um, but you know, wasn't one of those guys that was going to go out there and contend for all American title and, uh, or all American contention for cross country, but yeah, and enjoyed, uh, the mile and 800. Those were my two primary events. I like that. They're short. I'm, I'm yeah, a sprint exactly. and dumps guy. <laughs> I need it. Like I said, that's steeples about as far as I, I can get out there, man. Yeah. What, um, so you, you know, you end up, you know, being at Lee, you know, volunteer coaching and then getting on full time. And now as the head coach, you mentioned Lee was NAIA back then. When yes. did that transition occur to Division Two, and was there a, a transition in between that? You didn't go D three, D two, right? You went NAI. Yeah, we yeah we went NAI D two. So we actually, um, it was my first semester that I was full time was our last our our last um, semester in NAI in the spring, uh, and then the next year we went our two transition years going to division two from NAI where we didn't compete in the postseason. And so we actually competed in the NCCAA, the, the National Christian College Athletic yeah. Association. Yeah. So we did that for, for the two years that we couldn't compete in the postseason for the NCAA. Uh, so that was my first two years, uh, which I actually think was good. It was a good opportunity for us to, to get our team up to where we needed it to be. Uh, and I believe like in fall of 2013, our first year in the NCCAA, our women were like 13th as a team at cross country nationals and our men were like ninth. Uh, and then we brought in two really good recruiting classes in the next year, our men actually ended up winning. Uh, and then our women were fourth. So, um, and then the next year we, we were D2, uh, which was um, good because we were ready by that time. We just needed a couple of years to kind of bring in recruiting classes that would be competitive on the NCAA level. Uh, and then our men qualified the first year for cross country, um, in 2015, whenever we did go to division two. And um, it was a really big deal at the time. It was the first uh, athletic program that we had go to the national championship. And um, I think we ended up getting 26 that year. Um, but yeah, but it was, it was a good transition into, into the NCAA and yeah, it went well. So. What, what do you think about that? Like I have not so good feelings and thoughts about when a, a school goes from, you know, NAIA to division two or division two to division one. Yeah. You mentioned two years you set out, I think division two to division one is four, if I remember yeah. correctly. What, yeah. What so, 
so for AI, um, the scholarships uh, structure is, um, I believe like our women's soccer team, we had like 11 scholarships when we were in AI. And then we went to nine for division two, which is the NCAA allotment. Um, and I'm not sure what it is for track or um, what it is for most sports. We, we weren't at the max when we were in AI, but I know a lot of NAI sports, you get more scholarships than ever you get what you get for the NCAA. So I think the, the two years is appropriate to kind of filter out some of that money. Uh, and then they want you to be year one and two of your transition at the scholarship limits that they have for the NCAA. Um, so I, I think the, the two years is good. I think if you're going NAI to division two, but obviously I think, you know, the four years going from B2 to B1 is, is a little uh, extensive. Um, and usually it's in a situation like for women's track where you're going from 12.6 scholarships to 18, um, where you're actually at a disadvantage your first uh, couple of years. So uh, it should probably should be two as well, but that's just my opinion personally on it. But yeah, that seems like a long block, four years from D2 to D1. Yeah, that, that soccer scholarship example aside, because I agree with that, you don't yeah. want to move, you know, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but I, I'm 100% against all of these things, like th that kind of stuff, the um, the things that you see now with the, when a school changes conferences and the, the old conference or, you know, still the current conference says, well, you're not going to be able to do postseason then. And it's like, yeah, I, I just that, that to me just absolutely kills this uh, idea that, you know, as, as athletics and college athletics, we're here for the student athletes. Yeah. That to me completely goes to the other side and says, no, this is all about money and spite. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just don't like that at yeah. all. And, and four years for a transition. Good yeah. golly. Now, a lot of times uh, a school, when they're doing that D2 to D1, and they got four years. That's a struggle to recruit, right? Because you can tell the greatest recruit in the world, they may love you and be like, yeah, but I can't go to postseason. That's, you know, that's yeah. the holy grail for athletics. It didn't seem to have really affected you during your two years. You sounded like you, like you were getting on recruits and you're ready to move right in your first year. Yeah. yeah. So our philosophy was, Hey, if we had some good athletes come in that we felt like we're going to be able to qualify for division two nationals by their junior or senior year, then we were just going to redshirt them for one of those years, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, division two's, pretty competitive now. And, and usually you do have to be a junior or senior to, to get in, you know, uh, occasionally we'll have a sophomore get in, but very rarely do we have a freshman actually qualify for nationals. Uh, we do, but it's not, you know, as consistent uh, just because, you know, you have to develop a little bit more. So, um, but yeah, so that was our philosophy. It was like, Hey, we're just going to register you if we feel like you're going to be able to contribute at a high level at the division two level by your junior or senior year. Uh, so that way we're not wasting a year basically uh, doing the NCCAA and we can just have a year to develop you. Yeah, two years seems manageable, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. at the point, man. Go look at the D two nationals. It's hard pressed to come in as a freshman and sophomore and make some noise on the nationals. There, yeah, there are some that do it, but man, that D two national meet, it, it ain't no joke. Don't think you yeah, just go yeah. step in and <laughs> get all American right off the bat. That's for yeah. sure. That's for sure. Uh, that's interesting. So you know, Caleb, you have gone through Lee University here over the past. I don't know when did you start there. What year did you? What was your freshman year at Lee? Uh, so I guess 2003, fall of 2003, fall of 2003. Yeah, so you're moving on yeah. 20 years at the same university, mm -hmm. give or take a semester 
yeah, yeah, here yeah. and there and things like that. So uh, not, not 2003, I'm sorry. It was, <laughs> I'm going to say 2009. So, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to shorten it. 13 years, roughly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, that's a long time. First of all, that's a long time at any one university. I know we're talking about undergrad plus yeah. professional, but, um, and you've seen a transition from NAIA to Division II. What have you What have you seen there at Lee University? What What's changed over the decade that you've been there as the coach? Yeah, so I guess uh, I would say the biggest thing is just uh, buy-in from our administration. So our administration, um, whenever we just had cross-country, uh, you know, I think that we had solid programs, but then as we've gotten better and we've been able to build, uh, and, you know, the first two to three years that I was the head coach, uh, our teams got considerably better each year, uh, which helped a lot with, with funding just for travel budget and scholarship-wise. Uh, and then leading all the way up to last year, we built a brand new track and field facility um, with all Gill, you know, equipment out there, which is the best money can buy. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll Venmo you the money after the interview. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The advertisement, you told me to do that. So, uh, no, um, but, but yeah, but it's, it's been great. I think the biggest thing for us has just been buying from our administration them wanting to see us be successful. And, uh, I mean, our athletic director is phenomenal. I mean, I don't know any other athletic director that comes to six meets a year, you know, he always comes to one wow. or two. And, Ross and then one or two indoor, one and two outdoor. Uh, and then our uh, assistant athletic director, Jessica McIntyre, um, they're just really hands-on and bought into what we're doing, uh, which really helps us. And you feel like you have that support and, you know, and I could, I could take a recruit by their office, you know, and I don't know a lot of other schools where you could do that and be like, Hey, I want you to meet our athletic director. Hey, this is, you know, Mr. Carpenter, this is the athlete that I told you about that we're looking to sign. That's going to have a major impact for us. Uh, and we don't have football, which I think is is a good thing for our institution. Um, and I feel like we get a lot of attention here. And I feel like track and field and cross country are very valued. And I feel like our athletes really feel that they really do. And um, it's not something we just say. And, uh, you know, our athletic director, he says, you know, certain schools, they have different tiers, they have basketball, and then, you know, football, they're up there. And then, you know, you got your tier two and tier three sports, but he tries to treat us all equally. And you can really tell and um, and that's one of the reasons I've been around as long as I have is because I know, um, you know, this is the only boss I've ever had at, at athletic director wise, but I know that, um, you know, you want to, you want to like who you work for and you want to respect them and you want them to have respect for you and uh, definitely feel like that is the case here at Lee for sure. Uh, shout out. You, you say your AD's name was Mr. Carpenter. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes. Shout out to him. You know, I, I go to, you know, all the, the national meets and I was just at, you know, D2 and Pitt State and saw you guys compete there. I'm always impressed when I see an athletic director there, uh, but then I'm immediately unimpressed with all the athletic directors that are not there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at your yeah. national championships. I guarantee you if your football team or basketball team was in the national championship, the AD would be there. So yeah, uh, I go there and I, you know, the coach will say, yeah, this is my AD or, you know, my AD's over there. And it's like, man, bravo uh, for putting action behind the words. Cause I think a lot of ADs say what you quoted there from Mr. Carpenter, like, Hey, you know, I, I, all athletics are important. I'm going to, I'm sure uh, he goes to tennis and golf and basketball and, and tries to hit up all of them throughout the year. I think a lot of ADs say that, but then when it's, national championship time or conference championship time they're, they're not always at, at the track to watch yeah, yeah they'll be there on monday to ask you how it went <laughs> yeah. uh, which which I'm, that's also that's to me is not uh you, you don't save yourself if you ask on monday because if if you're at your conference championship or national champion and i can't make it as ad well i better be texting you uh hey i'm watching the results uh you know good luck in the yeah. mile finals or whatnot be involved uh for all your sports if you're gonna support the if you're gonna support the sport 
support the sport yeah. <laughs> as the athletic yeah. director. You're the yeah. athletic director, not the basketball athletic director. So uh, shout out to Mr. Carpenter, man. I love you know people, and especially administrators that are putting action behind their words. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And that says a lot about the athletic department because if he's leading that way, I guarantee you the associate ADs and everybody else is looking up going, all right, well, this is how you're supposed to do it, then I, I better do it as well. Yeah. I love yeah. that. What, um, talk me through, you know, you, you got that new facility and that's when I, you know, shame on me. I, I'm the college guy, right? I, co- I coached for 10 years. Uh, I love college athletics. Uh, you know, I love the, all the um, trivias, you know, name all the mascots. I don't end with S and all that kind of stuff. I love, you know, um, all the mascots and stuff like that. I, this is shame on me. I'm putting myself out there, Caleb. You, you get to judge me for this. I did not know Lee University until I saw your hurdles going through our factory. <laughs> and two reasons. One, they looked hot. I mean, you guys yeah, did a yeah. great job on the design. But then I was like, wait, Lee University. I was like, <laughs> I immediately went to my computer. I was like, where in the world is Lee University? And you know, see it in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, talk to us about the process of getting a new facility. You know, we sometimes only do that once in our career yeah uh, a few of us do it a couple of times uh, in our coaching career and, and a lot of us don't do it at all unfortunately how you, you since you were there the whole time you were there from inception of hey we're going to get one to here's the ribbing cutting how, how did that process play out for you at Lee? yeah so uh, our president he's awesome he always says you know uh we'll reward teams that do well and if you're doing well then we're gonna you know give back to that uh and give back to your athletes and give back to the coaches uh, and, you know, he's a man of his word. And, you know, we were having some successful years. We won a couple of conference championships, uh, you know, and had quite a few All-Americans and had a couple of top 10 to finishes at the Division II national championships uh, in cross country and track. And, um, yeah, and so then they said that they would they would build us a facility and, uh, you know, and, and they had the, the process of going through it. It took about two years uh, before they started the process, but it's it's been awesome. I mean, it is state of the art and we have, you know, a huge jumbotron and we got locker rooms and uh, have literally the best equipment you can buy. People come here and they see our pole vault standards and they're like, wow, yeah, look at that's those. right. You, you know? got the big boys. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. another reason I liked it because, you know, those are, you know, full disclosure, those are expensive pole vault yeah, standards. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, I, I was kind of ashamed because I was like, how is a university buying these big boy standards? And I don't know who they are. Like I was yeah, a little, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I judged myself. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, those are awesome. So you, you just mentioned, you know, you, Jumbotron and Locker, you you guys did it all out, not just yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and equipment. Yeah, so at first it was just going to be a, like a practice facility. We were just going to rubberize. Uh, there was an asphalt yeah. surface and do six lanes, but then, you know, they ended up saying, well, well what's, what's, what's your dream? Like, what do you want? I was like, well, I'd like 48-inch lanes. You know, it's wider turns, and we can produce faster times on that. And, uh, you know, and then we, we looked at 42 inch and 46 and we ended up doing 48. Um, and that's why I feel like our track, we do have a really fast track. And, um, you know, a lot of that is just because the, the turns are more gradual and you can keep your momentum going through it. And, uh, you know, we had kind of three tiers, top dollar, medium, and then lower level. Uh, but they went with the top on everything, which is phenomenal. And, um, yeah, just uh, really thankful, you know, that, that we did end up going with that because it's it's huge. You know, we didn't have a track facility, but now it's a lot easier to recruit, you know, especially when you have really nice equipment and locker rooms and a really nice track. And, you know, we have a space that we can show show yeah. them when we come. And uh, I'm actually in our office. Uh, it's down here at the track. And we have offices down here as well, which is really awesome. And yeah, yeah but it's uh, it's it's phenomenal. Um, really neat experience and super thankful. And uh, it's funny because we've only been in our facility for 16 months, but even like our freshmen, they don't get it. But our sophomores, you know, they're used to going to a local middle school or high school, right. and not having the uh, luxury of just walking down 
you know, 100 yards down campus to, to get to the track. So, yeah. One of my favorite videos to watch on social media is when a new facility opens up and they allow the athletes in for the yeah. first time. Um, like I'm thinking like Michigan and Oregon, just, you know, and these kids have gotten, you know, it's not like they didn't have facilities before for, for those two type of institutions specifically. Uh, but when they walk in and see the new digs, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, what is the, the you know, Christmas in July or whatever. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you allowed the team to go out and actually see, you know, the equipment, the, the locker rooms, everything, and just the, the joy in their faces? Yeah, so it was actually kind of a, a slow process because uh, we we got the track rubberized and lined, and it was actually in January, so it was mm. like early January. Um, so we wanted to have it done so we could have a couple of meets last year with with uh, Bynum, and they actually you know ended up getting that through. So right. we had people truly slowly trickling back from break, getting on the track. Uh, so it wasn't just an all at once; it was kind right. of like uh, over a one week period of time. But we did have a lot of people come back from break early because they wanted to get on the track yeah. uh, after Christmas break. Um, but when we first got in the locker rooms, that was really neat too, just because yeah. they could see their names on the lockers, and yeah. we have couches and stuff in there, and TVs, and uh, really really neat experience for them though. And I was really uh, excited we could get it done last year especially for that group of seniors that you know we mm -hmm. told them we were going to have a track at some point when they were there and we wanted them to be able to get in you know a couple of meets on it um, so it was really awesome for them specifically and you mentioned recruiting I was going to give you the biggest softball question there is <laughs> you recruited before you had a facility and now you have this honestly yeah. Taj Mahal it's a really yeah top-notch I don't care this this is where you know we talk about with um when you're recruiting athletes and you're like you know the division doesn't matter if you come to Lee University you're still going to race against A&M and Oregon and all those guys you know it's they don't have just D2 meets and B1 meets until you get to yeah. nationals right same with your facility this don't this ain't a D2 I'm doing air quotes here facility yeah. this is a premier track and field facility can you how has it affected when a recruit comes in pre-facility you know, you're probably focusing a lot on the coaching, like, hey, here's what we can do in the yeah. academic side of it. Now you get to do that, plus this, like, hey, and here's where you get to train and practice every day in your locker room, stuff like that. How, how much of an impact has that facility had on the positivity of recruiting? Yeah, drastically. I mean, especially, you know, distance runners, it's it's not quite as important to them. And I feel yeah. like we were always able to bring in good distance runners, but sprint field of an athlete's like, you know, it matters, you know, and um you know, some people might say it doesn't, but it, it does it big time. And we, we lost a lot of recruits because we didn't have a facility. And uh, now that we have somewhere we can do it um, and we have it really nice hurdles. It's awesome to have those because uh, the two places we practice at locally, you know, one of them had wooden hurdles. They were just really old and, you know, not not an ideal scenario, especially if you hit one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but it, it's it's been phenomenal and um, just having uh, a place to show them and just, you know, and we have an awesome conference room that has windows that overlook the track too. And that's usually where we ended up doing the conversations with their parents and them about scholarship and stuff. But yeah, it helps a ton. Um, yeah, I think that we've been able to, this is going to be a really big recruiting class for us for a couple of reasons, but um, one big aspect of that is just having the facility and having a lot more interest and, uh, you know, and then you have, we've hosted a couple of local high school meets. And so some people haven't even known in the local area that we built a track and then, you know, you get them on campus and they're like, wow, Lee has a really good track program. And so uh, it's just been good kind of spreading the word more about our program and, and what we have and what we've uh, accomplished. So. 
now you have a young track program, but maybe you have history as a cross program. Did you guys invite alumni back? Do you have an alumni event or anything for them to see it and be jealous of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've had, we've actually had, uh, we had our meet this past weekend. We had quite a few alumni come. Um, so we had it last year, but it was kind of all thrown together at the last minute. But this year, you know, we ended up having, I think it was 70 different institutions represented and uh, 105 schools, men and women, genders combined. And yeah, but it, it was a big meet and we had a lot of uh, alumni come in just to just to see the meets and we had some fast races set up. So it was it was really awesome. It's been good for them to come in and see. And, I, you know, they always say, I wish that we had this when I was here, but <laughs> but they're happy that we have it at all now. And uh, it's cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, talking about fast races. Um, and I don't want to make it, you know, we don't talk about training or anything like that. Uh, we don't talk a lot about athletes, especially um, still current athletes. But you've got someone special there. And, and I'm willing to bet you, you prove me wrong here that the success that Mr. Christian Noble has had actually predates Christian Noble. Like it's, you know, it's a steady, you know, increase of recruits that have come in and the, the successes that you had with them. And then a Christian comes in. Uh, talk to me about it. So if you don't know, listener, who Christian Noble is, first of all, maybe you're just anti-distance and that's okay uh, but this kid he's still a kid he's still in school so i get to call him kid uh you know d2 national records uh just phenomenal i got to finally see him in person at the uh, d2 meet in pittsburgh uh the uh, dmr I was, I was really excited about the dmr because i just knew he would be the anchor and uh i think it was simon frazier was just killing the field i mean they were way ahead and I kept telling my other Gill guys I'm like hey you got to watch this Lee University kid I'm like he's a study you got to watch I was like I, I was like it's a pretty big gap I don't know if he'll make that up but we'll, we'll see but he, he's good he's good and so you know Christian gets the the baton probably in um, probably bad memory you, you know it better than I do you lived it maybe third fourth place you guys are kind of yeah, yeah. that, that range and again Simon Fraser is way out there and you know, Christian, this is what impressed me about him. He ran super fast. Spoiler alert, he, he ended up catching Simon Fraser and, and winning the DMR. Uh, I didn't realize, I think you told me or saw somewhere, was that your first DMR national championship? Yes, it was. I, yeah. I, I was shocked because I figured Christian had anchored everyone to, to victory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but what I was really impressed with him, he must be uh, a, a pretty intelligent kid as well because he didn't get the baton and bolt up to start closing the gap, it, it, it almost felt like he wasn't going to win because yeah. he was so methodical of running his race, yeah. which ended with him winning. It was just impressive. Tell me about, you know, was this kid a, a four flat guy at a high school that you got or what? Yeah. Tell me a yeah. little bit about this guy. Yeah. So he went 410 in high school and 904 for two miles. Uh, so really solid recruit, especially to the division two level. Um, uh, at the rate he's developed, obviously we didn't expect him to be running, you know, 354 on the anchor on the DMR and 356 in during the mile. And he went 13.24 two weeks ago at Raleigh Relays and beat a bunch of pros in the 5K. Um, but yeah, he's really just, he, he takes recovery very seriously. And I think that's the biggest thing for him is I was actually in the locker room earlier and he's just laying there in the Norma Tech boots, just making sure like he's actually asleep. Um, but yeah, he just takes recovery very seriously and uh, make sure he gets massages from the trainers and gets his legs rubbed out and he foam rolls and he cups and um you know, I would say he puts two hours a day into recovery, you know, and a lot of athletes, you're lucky if you'll get 10 to 15 minutes out of them, but uh, he takes it very seriously. And he's a, uh, yeah, phenomenal guy to have around and great leadership. And, um, you know, he, it's funny because he's had all this individual success, but he cares so deeply about the team. You know, if there's a conference championship um, and a great example is indoor, you know, he was, 
he was hopefully he's, he's all right with me saying this but he was like all like shaky and like looked nervous and I was like what is wrong with you like it's conference man like you're you're gonna win it's the it's the 5k like it's not a big deal and he's like no I'm not nervous for me he's like I'm nervous for the guys like I was like I want them to perform well because we knew it was going to be close and uh the team score and uh it didn't know coming down the four by four we were tied and whoever won the four by four won the meet but uh he cares deeply about the team and uh he's had a lot of individual success but I think he's very um team-minded uh and he's very selfless and I think that's kind of what's helped him get to the level that he's gotten to it's because if there's a championship on the line like a distance medley relay and he's got to go out there and anchor in 354 and do something no one's ever done before then he's going to do it because he cares so deeply about what we're doing and uh helping us look good so (laughs) so how does when I coached high school I started my coaching career coaching high school in Chicago we had and I was not the coach so don't uh, I'm not taking credit here but we had a really good uh two miler he ran 915 um I don't know if you remember this has been before your time do you remember the name Marius Bakken at all um, uh no yeah <laughs> it was, uh, he was it was quite famous during the non-internet time around 95 96 uh, he was an exchange student from i think norway norway or finland um who went to elmhurst where the great joe newton was oh okay and it was one of those like oh he just happened to you know come over and do a senior year at joe newton school right he was a big stud he ended up running i don't know 13 maybe sub 13 as a pro uh 5k kid but our kid beat him at cross country that was a huge deal because marius is just a super stud and i remember as a 915 kid and i was so naive this is my first coaching job um he was only getting i think indiana was offering him like 25 percent or 50 percent uh, and and it was like uh, you know, i thought our kid was like 915 like that's the greatest race ever like you you're number one in the world as far as I'm concerned you know yeah. um, now I see you know in distance is a little different in 2022 than it was in 95 um, but I see that that high school team was at Newberry Park or whatever and they just had three guys or four guys run sub nine I mean yeah yeah it's bonkers long-winded way to ask this question how did you get a 410 906 I think you said kid to come to Lee like he obviously had to have choices of air quotes here again bigger better institutions right yeah yeah um so he had actually he had spoken to like indiana he had spoken to oregon um oh, he wow. said for, he said for a week <laughs> they um anyway uh but yeah so we had him on campus uh and we just we connected and i felt like mm. christian's very unique i don't think um he needs a lot of individual attention just because of the way that his body works uh, so it's very easy for him to overtrain. He's a very low mileage guy, um, and he needs really good communication between his coach um, and himself. Uh, so I, I think for him, whenever he had him, had him on campus, um, we just hung out. Basically, you know, we went cliff jumping. Like he rode in the car with me with some guys on the team, and uh, you know, and I, I spent a lot of time with him, and then uh, spoke to him on the phone a lot, and then he actually qualified for Foot Locker um, that year. And I flew out to San Diego to watch him run. Um, but really spent a lot of time recruiting him, uh, a a lot more than I had any other athlete, just because I knew, um, the, the type of talent that he was and, Mm -hmm. um, and really 410 and 904 are are great times, but there's a lot more behind that story, you know, and he had a couple of stress fractures his sophomore year and junior year of high school. And, um, 
couldn't really stay healthy. So I think, you know, he, to me, it looked like he had a higher ceiling than, than what his times indicated that he did in high school. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, being able to get him was, was huge for us and, and going to Foot Locker. And when they introduced the guys and hearing, oh, he's going to Stanford or NAU or Colorado. And, right. and then you hear uh, Christian Noble, you know, going to Lee University next year. That was a pretty neat experience for us. Um, but yeah, um, you know, just being able to, to, just, I guess, just grow with him his senior year and uh, just being someone that he could talk to and um, and just someone that he felt like he could connect, could connect with. I guess that's what he always says, too, is it's just the athlete-coach connection is the yeah. biggest thing for him. So, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm going to make a little joke. I thought you were going to tell me he was from Cleveland, Tennessee. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah he's going to go across there. the street. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> what I really love about that story, because it tells me two things, one about you and then one about him, because, you know, I'm huge on Twitter. Yeah, I've said that a hundred million times, but it's true. I just, you know, I live on it. I just like the social communication part of it. But, you know, routinely, one of the things that coaches will talk about on social, and so I'm sure if you're talking about social, you're talking about it amongst your circles, is finding the right fit. And that it's don't, don't always chase the, the quote unquote big name or whatever, et cetera, that the right fit for you academically, socially, et cetera, of course, athletically, because you're, you're, we're talking in the athletic realm. So I love that he didn't um, just get enamored by the bright lights, big city of great institutions. I'm not, come on, I love Colorado. I love Oregon. I love NAU. Spoiler alert, all three are Guild facilities as well. But I do love those guys. They've had success. They're great coaches and great people. So nothing about those institutions am I talking negative about. But I love that he was like, hey, okay, I'm absolutely I'm looking at those schools. But you know what? Uh, this Lee University seems to have my major and you know the size school I want and whatever other attributes he looked at. So I love that you know, he, he didn't get caught up in it in the, the Nike swoosh of some school or Adidas three stripes of some school that he actually like made a conscious decision of what he felt would be best for him. So I love that. And then for you, Caleb, uh, you know, the first, when I asked you that question, the first thing you said is, yeah, I established relationship. Like that's so important when we're talking about recruiting 18 year old kids to our college programs that, you know, hopefully they're going to be there four to five years. That's the, the goal, right? And go on to be better than when they came. They're going to go and become business owners and moms and dads and, uh, you know, all these other great things that you're like, yeah, we made a, a connection. I made a relationship with them and, you know, uh, that that mattered. <laughs> so I, I love yeah. for you that, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to throw the, you know, full ride. He's going to get everything. He's going to be the, the king of Lee University because of uh, <laughs> being a 410 kid, right? Uh, that it was like, yeah, yeah, we made a relationship and yeah, I thought he'd be a good fit for us and I'd be a good fit as a coach for him. So uh, that's really awesome, man. I love that. Yeah, thanks. And I love that. Tell me a little bit as we start to wrap up here today, tell me a little bit about Lee, you know, like, I'm probably the only person that didn't know about Lee University, I'm sure, but like how many students are there? What's like the, what's most people majoring in? Tell us a little bit about the college. Yeah, so we have uh, 5,000 students um, and a lot of uh, people come here to do education and music and business. Uh, we have a great health science program. We have like an 88% acceptance rate into med school if you come through our program here. Uh, and we are really big in cross-cultural studies. I believe we're number two behind Duke um, nationwide. 
Uh, you have to do a cross-cultural trip before you graduate. Uh, and then we're really big into service as well. So everyone has to do 20 hours of community service a year, um, which is actually, it's one of those things you don't want to do whenever you come in, but then, you know, you get out in the community and you, you know, you might go to a nursing home or, or go to some, uh, go to a part of Cleveland that I guess it's not as well off and, and just talk to people there, build relationships. Uh, but those are all things that are who we are and uh, part of our identity and, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's it's one of those things that it kind of sounds overwhelming your freshman year. If you hear about, oh, we have chapel, you know, you have to go to 70 percent of the chapels throughout the month or just to a week. They're, it's not crazy. And there's 45 minute services, but they're really good. And, and it's part of our identity. And um, and I think just embracing that, uh, you know, and, and I think the athletes that we bring in, that's the three things we tell them. We say, hey, you want to want athletes that want to do well at, athletically, do well academically and grow spiritually. And those are the three things that we're targeting. And um, but yeah, we, it's a, it's a, it's a great place. And, um, you know, I, I love it here and I don't have any plans on ever leaving. And people ask me that all the time if I am, and I say no, <laughs> um, cause I have all my family here and my wife's whole family and it's, it's home for me. So I mean, it's I was gonna say, the options inside 44 minutes from Cleveland are limited guys. Yeah, yeah. Be there. <laughs> he yeah, tried yeah, the 45 yeah. minute route. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was too far. It was too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and tell me you know i love you know we believe healthy things grow and so i love the institution growing from nai athletics to division two no facility to not just a facility an amazing facility um you know you're you mentioned earlier the uh, number of students or athletes on the team from 17 to you know 40, 50, 60, however many you said, you know, healthy things grow, right? You also mentioned that your staff, like you actually have a, a staff now. I just want to give you an opportunity to shout out the guys and gals that coach with you there and what they do yeah, and yeah. who they are. Yeah, so I've got Sharnay Ryland. She's been with us for six years. Uh, she's very active on Twitter as well. I was about to say. Uh, yeah, she, she's our uh, sprint field event coach. Um, we just made her associate head coach this year. Um, she's just done a phenomenal job. And uh, and one of the things that's kind of helped our program be so successful is just uh, the consistency of having good assistant coaches. Um, you know, and I had Joseph Crook last year. Uh, he was with us for six years as well. Um, and now we have Derek Flatford this year. He's been a huge addition for us, just hurdles and jumps wise, just very technical guy. Um, and he was actually an athlete here. Uh, and then Megan Douglas, she's our froze coach and she does a phenomenal job. And uh, she was a really good athlete at Kennesaw State. And last year was her first year with us. Um, but she's really helped us. Uh, uh, we've had a lot of improvement with our froze. Um, you know, they've, they really believe in her and what she's doing. And it's been fun to watch her just the, the last two years develop as a coach, because when you come in, obviously, uh, you, you have this uh, perception of, of how you were coached and, uh, you know, how you were as an athlete, but it's been really fun to just kind of see her move into that role this year and, and really grow. And um, yeah, and I'm excited to kind of see what the future holds for her, but phenomenal coaching staff. Um, we're all young, which is good. And uh, I think we, we get together once a week and we just kind of bounce ideas off of each other and uh, recruiting is very fun with this group. And um, I think uh, I, I like having younger coaches because they're uh, a little naive in, in the fact that they think that we can be uh, uh, national champions next year. Um, and, and that's the way I was when I first started coaching. And um, but I think it's good. I think it's good to have that enthusiasm and that belief. And, um, you know, and they're uh, definitely a great, awesome group. And I'm super thankful to have them and couldn't do what I do as a coach without their support and them helping me out on a day in and day out basis. I love it. Yeah. We need a little naivety in our lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we can all just be like, you know what? No, we can't do that. Come on. In our boxes, man. We need people to get us out of our boxes. And that sounds yeah. like you got it with that crew. That's awesome. Yeah. 
That's amazing, man. Caleb, uh, just so thankful, man, that you would join us today. You know, it's uh, I'm always impressed with coaches that are doing not, not just good things with their athletes on the track, which you and the, the rest of your coaching staff are, you know, you're, you're in the hunt for D2 national titles. It was so exciting to watch your team compete in a lot of different events in Pittsburgh. I'll be at Grand Valley State again uh, for outdoor. I can't wait to see. Uh, there's no DMR there, so I don't know what he's going to do to make it exciting, but I'm sure he'll, you know, him specifically will find a way, but, uh, but to see all your team there, it's just, just so fun, but I really have a place in my heart for alums that coach at their alma mater. I've said that several times here on the podcast. If you have ever talked talk to me outside of the podcast, you know that uh, it's true. I, I say it over and over again. There is something special when someone who graduates from a school and is coaching their recruiting, there is an authenticity that is irreplaceable. <laughs> You know, you you say how good that school is. It's because I went to school here. That, that, that's the biggest proof I can get. I went to school here. I had a lot of choices and I went to school here, man. Yeah. So um, that's why I just, you know, was uh, always had you on the list to get you on the podcast. I'm so glad we were able to make it happen because I just wanted to learn your story. And it's a, it's a fascinating one. And the best part about it is you mentioned, you know, a young staff. Your story is still being written. <laughs> it's going to be awesome to come back and look at this interview and the things that you accomplished here in 2022 in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, gosh, you're young and 30 years from now to see, you know, you're, you're in chapter, I'll, I'll give you chapter two. I won't give you chapter <laughs> two. You're early in your journey, man. And it's yeah. just going to be exciting to see uh, how you develop young people uh, on the track and field side, how you, I think you're going to do, I think you might end up being better known in the future as a developer of coaches, to be real frank with you, just your, you know, that young passion you had of, of being a coach and going out and learning from great guys like Lydiard and stuff like that. I think that's going to be a, a calling card for you of, of developing young people into great coaches, which is super impactful because then those guys and gals go out and impact thousands of athletes and other coaches themselves. I think that's going to be uh, part of your legacy, man. And I'm just Super excited to build a document, uh, chapter one of this, yeah. uh, of this journey for you, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, man. Have a great week. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Mike. What an incredible journey Coach has been on. So awesome to hear their story in their own words. Tremendous proof of the positive effects coaches make on a daily basis. Help us spread the word of this great journey by sharing on your favorite social media channel. And don't forget to take a minute to rate and review the podcast. You just might get a shout out on a future episode. That's it for today. Join us next week when we'll connect you with another amazing coach.